So, new week, yet again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Intro mm-hmm. track. I know that you were on it last week, and then the, the thing messed up. Did you get a chance to like try it again? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and I just decided that um, it would probably probably be easier if I just quit the thing. So I, I quit. That's what I did. You just quit trying? Yeah, I just quit trying. It's just easier that way. I was I was working on it with my little um well with Graham's Lug. Lug. Yeah, the little three string it's like the tiny kids intro oh, guitar thing. Oh, right. It's like the top three strings of a guitar. And I've got some I've got some licks. I'm I'm putting it together, but I'm also thinking, you know, I'm starting a a, a streaming thing on my Instagram. Okay, so you're going to snipe you're going to snipe um, what's supposed to be our intro track for your own thing, huh? It depends on how good it is. Okay. No. Well, what's the anyway. move? Are you going to take the better one for yourself or the worst one for yourself? Uh, well, you know, that, that's a, that's a toss up. We'll see. <laughs> I, I like, I like really like if it was really bad, I th- I would find it funny. Right. So maybe we'll go that way. <sighs> well, here we are, everyone. We've done it again. Dipped in <laughs> tone. made it. We made it. You you made it. We made it. We're all here. I'm just going to turn my headphones up a little bit. Uh, episode, episode 23. 23. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Every week's a milestone. It, like throughout, like really since like January of last year, it feels like, oh, we made it through another week. Oh my God. Wow. You we know? did it. <laughs> here we Every are. Week. My God, that was close. I do actually feel like that after this week. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Speaking of, yeah. what what was uh, what was last week like for you? Uh man, I uh just been plugging away at, at doing stuff. I think at the end of the last podcast, I mentioned I ordered all the knobs for yep, the Wildwood. Meal. You did, and and they I I, I kind of like when this happens. They didn't send me a shipping notification, and they just showed up. Mm. Uh, and so I was like, oh, my knobs are here, and I didn't. It was one of those things when you say, okay, I bought two thousand knobs. <laughs> Like that's a lot. That's a lot of knobs, right? That's a lot of knobs. That's a lot of but, anything. Yeah, it is. But you don't realize in that moment how like much room that's going to take up. They're in like no joke. There's three bags of them, and they're in like a party size like potato chip bag. <laughs> <laughs> like it's they're huge. And I I got the box and I picked it up and I was like Jesus, what is this? I didn't realize what it was. And uh, when I opened it, I was like, where am I going to put these? <laughs> so I don't know. I'll have to just like find a hole for them. Just, just the, give one bag to Graham so he can just oh, start no. playing with it. Well, see, the thing about these knobs, if you've never like messed with uh, like a real clawing or, or any of my pedals that use this type of knob, it's, it's, it's like Bakelite or something. It's different. Mm, mm-hmm. And they chip and crack. And so you have to be really gentle with them. Because if you just like throw them somewhere, they just shatter. Or, so. or, or, hear me out. Yeah. Relict pedals, relict knobs. Just take them in the bags and just throw them down your stairs a couple of times. And then they, you can charge more for it. And um, you don't have to would, worry about keeping them nice. No, because then what would happen is it would look like a potato chip bag because the bottom of, like, well, they would just, be turned to dust. They'd be pulverized. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but anyway, how was, that was your week? It was rough. Well, it was, it was good. It was just busy. Um, 
did two videos last week, the last one being the quad cortex thing, which as of filming or uh, recording this podcast right now, it just went live like 20 minutes ago. Literally. Um, that video took me three and a half days to make, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I, I haven't done a product review sort of video in a long time. And I just got sucked into the vortex, man. It's like a 26 minute video. I'm, right. That's like a short film. Yeah, I'm I'm like Yeah, I feel like I just got off of a roller coaster. So my next video whatever it's going to be is going to be the most easy like <laughs> low effort like one camera. Hey, I'm going to talk about blues licks or something today just to offset the amount of just insanity that went on with that video this week. Um Did, Does it yeah. make you crazy when like a video that you put just an obscene amount of effort into is overshadowed by one that you just like shot with your phone. Oh, well, no, what, what frustrates me is like when a video like this doesn't do very well, it's like, Oh my God, I put so much time into that. I wish, I wish it would have performed better. We'll see. The thing is, this is a gear video. Gear videos are kind of hit or miss. Um, yeah. So, and on top of that, we also have the season finale of backstage live happening on Saturday which when this goes live, it will have happened on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big one for us because it's our season finale and we are announcing the band name. We're going to play our first original song. It's going to be a whole thing. Do, do you have costumes? <laughs> no, but we did do a photo shoot last weekend. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah, dude, it was the pictures. I'll send you some. The pictures have turned out fantastic. Um, did and- you wear costumes? <laughs> No, we did have wardrobe though. And, okay, uh, good. Our, our, uh, I'll shout out the photographer, Mary Caroline Russell. Everyone should go check her out on Instagram. MC is l- literally, I think, like one of the best photographers in the like space right now. She's unbelievable. I've toured with her for years. She she works a lot in the music photography space. And um, I, when you said that, I just think photographers in space. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, but. Anyway, she, um, we shot film and we shot digital and she rented like a, um, Hasselblad medium format, like real deal film camera, which I'm Uh, really excited to see how those come out. We'll get those next week, I think. But, um, yeah. So doing all that and we're getting a dog on Monday, man, you're, you're, you're just going to be, you're not going to have any time for videos. You're just going to be. Yeah. So busy. That actually Because what's going to happen, nice. you're going to be trying to play guitar or doing a thing and the dog will come in. And you're like, go, go, <laughs> quit it. Well, we'll see. That actually sounds kind of nice, not having time for videos at this hey. point after this week. So, I, hey. I feel that. Well, uh, shout out to everyone in the uh, Patreon chat and Discord who's watching us live right now. The gifts are on point today. Pigs in space. Wow. Yes. What, we that got is a all skill stuff. set. That is a talent to be able to dig up memes and gifts like that super fast. Right? Isn't it weird how all that stuff's just there? It just exists. That's crazy. Somebody made that and was like, "This will be useful one day. Somebody will use this." What pigs in space? Yeah. Well, that was a Muppet thing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> you gotta watch the Muppet Show. Um, Do you? Man, the Muppet Show. Oh, yeah, hold on. The Muppet Show is great. <laughs> like, like it's legit funny stuff. Like, and not just like in a kid way. Like, like the, I love that. Like, as I've grown older, watching movies and stuff, and you're like, did they just say that? Like, 
they can't they can't say that because like so many jokes just go over kids' heads and then right. you watch stuff and you're like, I do enjoy that. That's like a sex joke. What are yeah, they when talking they, about? Their Pixar is really good about that about sneaking some really like adult humor into their yeah. movies. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Love it. So yeah, if you guys want to join in while we are uh, taping live, you can join the Patreon link down below. Have we added a new tier yet? Have we figured that out? No, but you know what Patreon just announced, and this is so convenient, is they're going to do kind of like the uh, tur- not turnkey might not be the right word. They're going to start making merch. So oh. like we can have a tier. And I think how it works is depending on the level of tier, you get like, or maybe you have like um, like a graduated scale of if you pay this much, then every like the first three months you get a mug and then the next three months you get a thing and then mm. you get a nicer thing and it just scales up on an annual basis. So that could be really cool. Uh, so they they literally just, I just saw that today. Amazing. So I think that will be pretty wicked and we can start making some merch that's only for Patreon. Yeah, so. right. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, you guys can join up, Patreon link down below. And uh, we do a segment here on Dipped in Tone called Dip Your Rig. Do we have one lined up for this we week? We do, yeah. So I'll drop it into the Drop it in that Discord. And I open the email. Oh my so God, this now one. it's just Muppets. Me <laughs> God. So I think like, I kind of like the idea, oh, let me click upload, of going back and forth between like, oh yeah. Uh, not, not, not super fancy, but like, you know, fancier and then like, Entry level, well, not entry level, but like you know what I mean, like high yeah, and low. Yeah, just different. Where we're going to cover the spectrum of rigs here. Yeah, all, all rigs um, are worthy and worthwhile of dipping. That's it, right? It doesn't yes. matter how much money you spent on your rig. It doesn't matter how much gear you have. All rigs are worthy here on Dipped in Tone. Yes, and uh, one thing too, if you email us, uh, you know, if you're a Patreon supporter, you email us at dippedintone uh, at gmail Your rig. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Um, we might not get to it, you know, like just, just bear with us. We're going to like, we have to weed through them because there's a lot. But this one's from Philip Carter. And he said, uh, this is mostly a shameless opportunity to talk about his Novo in mm-hmm. the email, which I can appreciate. I think mm-hmm. we both can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what he's got, he's got a Novo Ceres J gold top gold over three tone burst with a <sighs> tort, tort guard black P90s. Oh, it's hot. It's pretty, Pretty wicked. Hot. Uh, a road-worn 50s telly, a gold-top Les Paul standard, and then he says a uh, Super Reverb from 1970 that's been modded to blackface spec, a Vox AC30 C2X with Celestian Blues, and then uh, he's got like a, a few other things. But those are the, the big boys. And then for his pedal board, super simple, Analog Man, Sunface, NKT, Red Dot, Wilson, uh, Wah, a Timmy, a Volante, and then an HX Stump. So it's like, ah, uh, yeah. Bravo. Slow I mean, clap. bravo. This is, this this rig is so dialed in. It is like, it's just a sight to behold. It is efficient. It is succinct. But my God, what taste. Yeah, Such so, taste, much tone. Somebody put so Doge f- in the chat. <laughs> so Philip is is in the chat too, so we can actually ask him questions while we're doing this. But like looking at this, like this is a hard one for me to add anything to. I can't. But, yeah. Mm. I mean, the only thing that I could see adding would be maybe something before the Volante that would be modulation 
like some sort of analog or, or maybe well, he's got the know, stomp fish. there. Yeah, the but um, you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Like, so is there the, anything you would add? The only, no, nothing I would add. Nothing, literally nothing. This is, I mean, okay, so guitar wise, you've got the basses covered. You've got the <laughs> what I think is the best P90 guitar of all time, Sarah's J. Mm. You got the Telly thing with the maple neck, which is cool. So you're not all rosewood necks. And then you got the gold top Les Paul uh, with the PAFs in it. I mean, come on. And then amp wise, you've got a essentially a blackface super, which are killer. And then you've got yeah. the AC30. Now the C2X is that the um, I always get confused on the nomenclature with Fox. Is that the uh, Marshall era, like early '90s to early 2000s, or is that post? I think that's that's an import one, or okay. well, uh, 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 overseas China, right. Chinese. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Import from England, it's still import. Overseas, it's still England. That's right. still overseas. Right. But you know what I mean. Yeah, we yeah. got it. But it's got the blues in it, which is the move for AC30s, my opinion. Yeah. And and honestly, like, like I know you've played a, a bunch of AC15s that you liked. Um, but for me, of all the modern era Vox stuff, I would only go AC30. Mm. They're, they're a bear to move. I mean, that's, all, that's the only downside I see to this setup. Well, and they're loud. Like, well, that, but both those amps are heavy <laughs> mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. oh and there's like, a tweed in the corner we didn't see the tweed oh so he has a victoria tweed but that's uh he said that's uh a small gig you can oh, only okay. take well, one amp okay. well said if you can only take one amp he takes the super oh got it okay mm. but this is okay. like this is my kind of rig this is yeah. what i would have this is dialed in man everything you need nothing you don't the only thing that i could see on the pedal board that i might change is I would put the Volante in the loop of the HX Stomp um, instead of, it looks like he's got it run in front of the Stomp. I, I would put it in the loop, I think. Uh, right. It's kind of six of one, half dozen the other, honestly. But you could, um, yeah, I think I think that's what I would do. But that's it, man. Maybe maybe a little bit longer board so you can get the, the analog man, the red dot on the board as well. So it's not sitting off the on the floor. Hey. Maybe he's going the Eric Johnson thing and you have to, like, you know, your fuzz face has to be turned like 30 degrees, you know, or have it pointed southwest. Or, <laughs> like, no joke. He ha- Isn't that a thing? Isn't that a, a, a legend of Eric Johnson? It's I like don't know. He, his fuzz face had to, like, be turned one direction. I swear I'm not making that, that up. That sounds so preposterous that it's either true or it's something that the gear page made up and has just, like, floated around the internet. I... I, I, I swear that this is a rumor I heard. But you know what? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the chat's funny. They're saying that Eric Johnson just says like things like that to mess with people. <laughs> um, I, I met Eric Johnson. He could not have been a nicer guy. Mm-hmm. But I heard from a, another guy who I think he worked at Carter or he was just there and he had worked at like a shop in Texas. Um, and Eric Johnson once came to try some like vintage cabs and he was playing a cab and he's like, that speaker has a hole in it. And they were like, no way. Like it doesn't. We've looked at it. He's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> and he said, I want you to take the back off and look. And they were like, are you serious? Cause like taking a Marshall cab apart is no small feat. Right. And so they did it and they held a flashlight in front of the cone and they found a pinhole. And he, he was like, it's in this speaker. It's, there's a hole in that speaker, and he was right. 
And I, I, but like, that's the thing. Like when you've trained your ear to know what to listen for, you can hear things. What a madman. So what a madman. Uh, so Philip says the Volante is in the loop. Well, there you go. Okay. Nothing I would change. You know what? I'm going to give this rig 10 out of 10 shoils. Nothing I would change. I would agree. This would be, if this is like one of those things, if you, if your friend said, Hey, come over and jam, they have this, you'd be like, Hey, I'm never leaving. You're going to have to go to my house and play my stuff now. Yep, and I'm not bringing anything over. I'm just going to show up and play your stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. Well, well done, Philip. You're a man of uh, of great taste and discernment. You've uh, you've done it. Congratulations. You've you've, you've been dipped. You've been. T- <laughs> God, this is stupid. This is so I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, so yeah. If you want to submit your rig for dipped in tone, why? Okay, time out. What's wrong with my brain? I can never say, submit your rig to be dipped on dipped in tone. Just the rig, just the dip. I don't know. You're, you're probably high or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so no, high. No. Dude, I'm, I'm soaring right now. No, uh, I, dude, you're just burnt out. That's what happens. Like, you're, you're, you're like, you 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 work so hard because I'm like this. Like sometimes I'll come into the house to like tell Morgan something and just like oatmeal falls out of my mouth. It doesn't make any sense what I'm saying. It's just Gross. bush. <laughs> yes. I'm just picturing you like because oh, no. <laughs> my brain is mush. So what I'm saying, you know. What I'm saying. Oh, dude, Chris in the chat has just posted the official dipped your rig gif right here. Check it out. That's <laughs> oh, it. That's done. Is we that real? To, I don't know. I hope not. Oh, uh, oh I, no. Okay. I can't. Dude. <laughs> no, oh, no, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no puke, no puke gifts, please. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to set a rule. We're going to have to have a moderator for yeah, some of these things. Yeah, uh, now, now we're starting to cross a line with me here <laughs> in the chat. I'm not going to look at the chat for a while now. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, all right. <laughs> this show's going off the rails, man. <laughs> No edits though, Milton. Don't just let it ride today. Just just let it go. It's fine. Zach, what are we? Uh, what's our topic for today? What are we talking about? Uh, I'll have to check the text. I think you said is the future of guitar rigs digital. What, well, what did you say? It's the future of guitar digital, just across the board. And and I felt digital like, guitars. I <laughs> well, uh, I felt like this was a timely topic because this week we kind of had two things hit the market that are pretty big uh, for the guitar world. Universal Audio announced their line of pedals this week, which is a pretty big deal. I I would not have guessed uh, UA would be getting into the pedal game. And there's a couple things I want to cover on that topic. And then, of course, the Quad Cortex. It's been over a year. People have been talking about it. Finally launched. It's really good. I put up my review on it. Um, But... You know, it seems to me that every single sort of step forward that's happening in the guitar world right now is either completely digital or has a digital component to it. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I do think that like the all the advancements that are being made are are leaning in a more digital way, not entirely. Um, you know, with things like the new tube and people trying new analog technologies to to replace, you know, the the 
this antiquated stuff that we're we're still using. Um, but yeah, I mean, like so far as progressing as as a community, it's definitely going digital. But um, I don't think I don't think analog in is ever going to go away. Right, right. But it does seem that the digital stuff is becoming more and more and more prevalent. And I think yeah. especially with younger players that are like getting into it, you know, it's way easier for a beginner guitarist to get a plug-in for their computer or, uh, you know, use their phone or Amplitude or something like that. Um, and they can play for years without ever touching or turning on a, a tube amp or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, because I, I, I texted you, like, well, I texted you something different, but it was kind of like the idea is, you know, this is the best time to be a guitar player. And there's not, like, when you and I were starting to play guitar, the the entry level things were not great. No, <laughs> no they were not. Um, and, like, I mean, obviously, as technology advances, it just gets better and better, better and better for people to get into this, you know, hobby. Um, and sound is it have the sounds that they want to have, but it's just incredible in this sh- relatively short period of time how we've gone from like your entry level rig was like a pretty junky sounding solid state amp and mm-hmm. like a rough playing guitar to now you have digital things that sound pretty wicked out of the box and are cheap and guitars that are fantastic and are sub two three hundred dollars and it's happening on the other end of the spectrum as well so like so the universal audio pedals let's talk about those for a second because i want to know we haven't talked about this at all and i want to know your thoughts on it as a pedal builder essentially it it looks like it's it's just the universal audio plugins and those algorithms wrapped up in a hardware enclosure that fits on your pedal board Right. And it's their DSP. You know, it's like you're buying like a mini Apollo that just runs three or four plugins. And there's a, there's a modulation one, there's a reverb one, and there's a delay one. Um, yeah. Full stereo IO um, seems to be, I mean, I don't know all the specs on them, but something you could mix with, you could put through uh, your DAW and send drums through. But also, too, it's like if you already have the plugins, well, I don't understand why you would do that. But, anyways. Um, and so what's happening now is the digital emulations on the top end of stuff, the high end of the market, is compared to the analog stuff, is getting so good, um, specifically with companies like UA or Softube or, or any of these, or um, Neural or whoever is doing it. It's like, man, it's getting so good to the point that under a microphone or, or in a DAW, you know, I've never used an EMT-140 plate reverb, but the plug-in sounds stupid good right man I, I was just looking at the these new ua pedals and they um you can you can usb into them and like update the alg- algorithms and stuff right um so like uh, i guess presumably eventually you're going to be able to change uh the effects on the pedal right um when i saw it because i had somebody uh an industry guy sent me a picture of it and before it was announced and i was like what? <laughs> because like that's <clears throat> that's a little nerve wracking, you know, mm. uh, for a pedal builder. I mean, not, I don't think it's not stepping on any of my toes. Yeah, like, there's that's like, not, yeah, you don't do like I don't Echoplex do copies. No, and but like 
it's it's interesting because I feel like you're right. Like the digital side of things is just going to keep getting better and better. And the, these guys are going to some like to me. I, I've heard them. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched some videos. Uh, I think next to Strymon, these these are going to be some of the go tos for most yeah. people now. Yeah. Um. So I I'm curious to see if they break out into more different. You know, they're going to do drives or compressors and stuff. I mean. I'm curious as to how this is going to go for them. Cause I think they look great and mm-hmm. they do sound good. And it's an interesting idea. Well, they've already done, they've already done the R and D on it because they have all the plugins. Like they yeah. have in, and you know, you think about all the unison stuff with their preamps and, and I use UA for everything now cause they sponsor my, my channel and the they're $400. Shoot. I didn't realize yeah, yeah, they're expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's universal audio. It's not cheap. Right. Um, and so they already have all the algorithms and um, because they sponsor my channel, I have the whole suite of their plugins and dude, they have everything. They have, right. you know, famous reverbs, famous delays. They've got, um, they, they worked with SoftTube to do these amp plugins. They've got the Tweed plugin pack. They've got the Marshalls. They've got the Fuchs plugin. So it's like they've already done the work on the, the algorithm side and making the programs. It's just a packaging thing at that point to put it into a pedal. I'm pretty sure it's the same chips. It's the same like DSP stuff that they use in their, um, in their, uh, interfaces that's doing the processing. It's just on your pedal board. Probably. I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I can't imagine them like reinventing the wheel on that. They're just going to find a new way to package it. Right. Um, yeah, you know that I think, they will definitely carve out a market. And I can totally see them eventually having like an Iridium sort of thing. Right. Um, because that would be way more interesting to me because they have a lot of the licenses right. to like do that. I mean, like that they would have be incredible. The real stuff, right. Like, yeah, like to actually have a Marshall, like that says Marshall on it thing or whatever. Well, here's um, what I would like to see on that part. Hot take from Dipped in Tone. You're hearing it here first, folks. Uh-huh. What would it look like if UA, or really it's SoftTube, because SoftTube is the company. So, so if you don't know, SoftTube is a company, they're a plug-in company, okay? And, and they do a lot of like, uh, for UA, they've done most of the amp emulation stuff, SoftTube and Brainworks, okay? So like when you pull up the Marshall Bluesbreaker plug-in from UA, it says SoftTube at the top, and, um, and SoftTube stuff's really good. What would it look like for SoftTube to partner with Marshall to do basically a Marshall um, Tone Master kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like that That would be sick, I think. Dude, it would, it would kill. It would, do, it would be incredible for them. I mean, we've, we've, we've been talking about this forever. Like that, that's what people should do. Yes. Um, because it just makes more sense. It makes more sense to to work on that instead of releasing some other like middle of the road like model of amp that in five or six years is gonna be like, eh, you know, like it's not it doesn't it doesn't do anything to to excite you as a player because right. they don't sound that good. You right. know. Yeah. Well and the other thing too about about like the Tone Master style thing is it solves a problem that is inherent with things like the Kemper, like a Kemper profile and now the neural capture thing. So to speak to that for a second, so in my video, my review video, I compared I, I did the neural capture of my orange, eighty thirty, and I I captured the exact same rig 
as a Kemper profile. Like literally all I did was take the two cables out of the neural DSP and put them into the Kemper. So it was like a one for one neural capture versus Kemper profile. And the quad cortex, I really think outshined, outshone the Kemper profile. Outshined? Outshined? Shown? Outshines. Outshoned. Outsh- out. Shoals. It outperformed. It outdid. Outdid. It outwent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, what was I saying? Oh. <laughs> so the quad cortex profile, or I'm just going to call it all profiles, okay? We all know yeah. what profiling is, whatever. Yeah. So the difference between the Kemper and the, and the quad cortex was the Kemper profile of the same amp was like watching a video in 720p or even 1080p. I was like, okay, it's, it's cool. It's there. I can see it. It does the thing. The quad cortex profile was like watching something in 4K, which is, wow, there's so much more fidelity. There's more information here just across the board. Um, whereas the original amp would be like, let's say 8K. I don't know if you've ever seen like an 8K television or something, but it's they're dumb. It's yeah. it's dumb. It's like looking through a window just into real life, basically. Right. The problem, though, with a Kemper profile, with a quad cortex profile, is it's just a snapshot of a specific amp with its specific settings at that specific time. Yeah. And you can change it, right? You can add, but essentially what like the Kemper is doing is just adding an EQ curve on top of that response curve essentially right yeah the tone master though solves that problem in that it gives you the real amp controls and if they've done a good job that should respond like the tube amp does and so you have the ability to dial in sounds to taste well it's it's digitally emulating the topology of the amp you know so like you're you're getting all the interaction of voltages across you know your tone stack and your you know your preamp and all the things that that feed into each other it's doing all that math that happens like you know just via electricity normally um so like Which is that, that is the how difference. i like to do my math yeah <laughs> when i do math i like to do it via electricity typically <laughs> just have like a a big uh, <clears throat> jacob's ladder beside you and you're like, <laughs> Throwing numbers, into <laughs> just Nixie tubes and stuff everywhere, and like got a mad oh, scientist Nixie coat tubes. on. Nixie uh, tubes are sweet. We should. Uh, are those still being made? I feel like that's not a thing uh, anymore. I don't know. Like, if you don't know what a Nixie tube is, just like real quick, it's it's it was a precursor to LCD essentially, and it was a tube that had grids with with numbers on it, and they glow just like a filament in a tube glows. And the pins would correspond to a number, and that's what the earliest clocks and calculators and you know, it, dude, it's, it's rad. It's the coolest thing ever. It's very like Fallout post-apocalyptic look. I love it. So I was looking at some crazy watches on eBay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was somebody had made a Nixie tube watch, but it's like that big. Like, are they huge. actually Nixie tubes? Or are they like LED? Yeah. No, they're little like Nixie. There's there's little ones. I don't know. They may still make them. I don't know. But That's it I was great until you was have to wear neat. your watch and then it, it heats up to like 200 degrees and you're yeah. like, it's because it's just tubes sitting there. 
have a big rectangular scar on yeah, your arm. Yeah, yeah, just the patch of hair right there on your wrist is permanently <laughs> gone, you know. You just, you just smell like burnt hair everywhere you go. <laughs> hey, man, what time is it? I don't know. Let me see. I'm going <laughs> to... You pull your sleeve up and just like <laughs> this is horrible burn. <laughs> oh anyway. my god! So yeah, back to the digital stuff. Um, I think it's really interesting. Somebody in the chat's asking, "Does Quad Cortex beat everything on the market right now?" Um, You're the only guy I'll to say ask. It. Um, and and I I said this in the video. My review wasn't sponsored. Quad Cortex didn't give me the the or neural DSP didn't give me the quad cortex. I'm going to buy it basically. So no sponsorship, no strings, like totally free and clear, honest opinion. Um, it's better than the helix. I think for two reasons, uh, neural capture and the fact that you can use neural capture to capture pedals, which is pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the stock cabs sound better. Um, and the form factor is better than like the Helix floor. It mops the floor with the Kemper because the Kemper is outdated at this point. I mean, the user interface on the quad cortex is light years beyond the Kemper's just in every way. The neural capture sounds better than the Kemper profiles. Um, the only thing that Kemper beats out in it currently are the built-in effects. The built-in effects on the, the quad cortex are not that great, but that's something they'll probably update with time. Right. The only thing that is better than the quad cortex, in my opinion, is the Axe FX3. I think it sounds better. I think it's it's just there's more functionality. The user interface on the unit itself is garbage. If you've ever used an Axe FX3, it's the most confusing, weird thing, menu divey thing ever. But it has a, a desktop editor that you can use, and it sounds better. Like to me, yeah. the Axe FX3 is the king of the modelers like just based on sound and built-in effects and response alone it is damn good um, but it's also way more expensive it's a different unit it's just kind of a different thing altogether i think so like here's here's a question and i think this is something that so many of us have to deal with when we're thinking about digital amps or, or modelers are there any that you've played that gives you the the sensation of like an amp in a room. No, because it's not you're you're sitting playing on headphones or you're sitting playing through a set of studio monitors. Well, but like what about going into an FRFR or whatever? That is different. That is better. Um and I haven't done that as much. So like I haven't put, for example, I haven't put the the Kemper through uh, an FRFR. The only thing I've done it with is the Helix um, yeah. with the power cab. And it's good. It's really good. And the fact that you can load your own IRs on it and all that stuff is great. But compared to like the actual amp in the room, I don't know. It's subjective. I, like, yeah. I mean, I, I know that that's, that's not the point and that's not what a modeling thing is doing. A modeling thing is is capturing a recorded guitar sound right essentially so like that's the thing that i've always struggled with is as good as these things can sound like for your average player who's 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 not recording you know maybe they're doing some light recording they're doing stuff at, at home for fun you know or you know with some friends whenever you're playing it, it doesn't give you the same experience and and that's the thing that i've 
you know, I, I, I like the, the power cab and everything that it does, and especially with IRs, that really wakes it up. And that, I think, gets it closer because mm-hmm. that really seems like more of an amp in a room experience. But there's just a way, and, and, and I've not played enough. I've, I've heard the, the Kemper-powered cab thing and, or whatever, the Kemper, Kemper cab. Kemper cone thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard one of those and, and stuff, but I've never heard anything that really, even at just a quiet level, sounds anything like an amp in, in a room. Mm. So that's interesting. So I, I really like the power cab as well. The best thing about the power cab is the speaker in that it's built like an actual guitar speaker. So 12-inch paper cone, like it's a full-range speaker, which normal guitar speakers are not, but it's built like one, so it responds like one. Where I think they messed up on the power cab is the actual like construction and shape of the cab. Like to me, I don't understand the whole point of that. Because if you've never seen a power cab, like the back end is round, sort of. Mm-hmm. It's it's not built like a one twelve or a two twelve cab typically would be. Um, and the material, it's like wrapped in this sort of rubbery kind of, I don't know, vinyl sort yeah. of material. It's not like Tolex. Um, I don't know what material it's made of. It might be pine or something. I don't know. But I think it would have been a little bit better because part of when you're hearing an amp in a room, you're not just hearing the amp in the speaker. You're hearing the cabinet resonate as well. And yeah, the way yeah. the the build, the construction of the cabinet influences the sound of the amp in the room and the amp under the microphone, frankly. Yeah. Um, and the build of the the power cab is different than like a traditional one twelve or two twelve cab, and I think that does affect the response a little bit. Like I would like to see a cab, and, and this might ex- might exist, and I just don't know it. That would be open back, um, because especially unless you're playing like, because honestly, it's like. When I'm playing something that's supposed to have like a four by twelve sound, because that's a closed back experience, right? More direct, it, more focused. Yeah, it's it that I think kind of tricks my brain to thinking that's how it's supposed to sound. Right. But anything like a deluxe or a Vox or you know a Matchless or whatever that's supposed to be an open back cab, and you're used to hearing it like an open back cab, it it's a total different thing. But that is the that's the again the thing with the Tone Master thing is like. It is. It's in the same cabinet for all intents and purposes as the tube amp version. Yeah. Same dimensions, same shape. You know, the speaker is different. Um, and I'm not, I guess it's because it has power handling. Cause I think the output of like the Tone Master Deluxe is like 120 watts or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've it, heard it, that it's not a good idea to put like a greenback 25 in it because you probably blow it up. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe because um, it is it's class D, so it's it's a different kind of power. Yeah. It, it is, but that like that's the thing. It's like I would I would rather sacrifice the weight savings that the Tone Master offers for a more like robust speaker sound. Because mm. like the neodymium thing, neodymium. If you've never like heard a neo neodymium speaker. And to be fair, I've not heard all of them. I think the cream back one of the clips I've heard that that Slesha makes is, mm-hmm. is pretty pretty good. But most of the time they're not they're, they're just kind of thin or, or bright. Um and and I mean you're sacrificing the tone for the weight savings because yeah. neodymium doesn't weigh anything. Right. Relative to ceramic. Yeah. So again, like uh, we're we're getting into the weeds here, which I'm glad. Like I like having this kind of discussions. Um 
Well, what I mean, like my whole thing is like if if digital tech is the future, mm-hmm. um, it's going to have to scratch that itch, right? Because we can't. I don't think, and, and I think it will get there. I think we're going to be able to. I think eventually we're going to have more technology that like a cabinet technology that interacts with these sort of digital things and gives you that in the room experience, because right. that's what I think is truly missing. Right. Um, and, and I think once that happens and is much more accessible to everybody, because like, let's face it, the, the, the quad cortex is, is awesome and it sounds great, but it's still $1,600. And for $1,600, you can get a pretty kick-ass amp, right. you know? So like people have to, see the value in all situations, not just, you know, in a live performance or recording situation. Right. And that's still the whole thing with, um, the modeling versus real amp debate. Um, you know, and and when you talk to players that have the opportunity to gig, whether a lot, and they're playing everywhere from clubs to theaters to arenas, most every player is going to tell you like, well, yeah, the real amp is better a hundred percent of the time. And yeah, I would agree. Like, if, if I have my choice of what I'm going to bring to a gig and I can play what I want to play, I'm going to bring the real amp because that's the thing. That's, that is yeah. still the benchmark. But I really like the digital stuff because it, it gives you more options and more opportunities to do stuff. And the better that they get, the better that they sound, the more opportunities you have. Like to get great sounding tones in a wider variety of situations. And especially for things like recording, man, I use the Captor X and the Aux almost exclusively now when I'm recording. Like I, I never really mic up amps anymore, right? Because it's just easier, and it sounds damn good. It sounds really, right. really good in the but recorded you're, mix. You're just taking out all the the parts you can mess up. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. I mean, you could definitely still mess up the signal in the Aux, or like, right? You don't know about EQ and all that kind of stuff. You could still definitely mess it up. But, but it's more uh, like it's more of an immediate thing. I think like you can like you can hear. There's the immediacy of like knowing. Okay, well this mic doesn't sound right, or I need to EQ this, and then like you can fix it before you're like you ha- like you don't have to go back and move a mic. You're just moving a slider or whatever. And it's right. Like, it's right. It's it's super convenient. And I, yeah. I mean, I, the aux to me, people ask me about it all the time, and I barely I barely use mine anymore just because I don't have time. But it it was a game changer when I finally mm-hmm. heard it. And I had to buy one yep. <laughs> to try it. It was like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's yep. so easy. It's just yep. so easy. Yeah, for for yeah, for recording stuff and being at home and everything. The the one thing that I don't like about the aux and the Captor X, specifically for live use, is the attenuators in both of them suck. And you can't bypass the attenuators. So yeah. on the aux, even on its highest setting, it's still attenuating, which I think is I, I wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish you could bypass the attenuator and just run the output. I agree. Now, maybe there's some reason behind that that I'm not, I don't know about, but. I'm sure it's, it's got to pad it a little bit, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, but uh, agreed. Uh, the attenuator in the aux, if you're buying it strictly as an attenuator, you're buying yeah, the wrong don't, thing. Yeah. Don't get that. Get the Iron Man attenuator. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's, man, there's so many attenuators that do it. Yeah. Like attenuators too is a thing you have to like, you might not get the one that works for you right? because like they all sound different. Mm-hmm. They do a different so. thing for sure. For sure. So, but getting back to this point of like the future going digital, I just, this is where the market's headed, man. This is where a lot of the sales are happening. Um, and 
uh, I just don't see it going back any time. I don't really see that pendulum swinging back for guitar players. I think it's going to go like, it, well, I think, well, it, like the long-term idea that I think I, oh, I have is that digital is going to become more of the, the industry standard. And what we're going to see is a more um, boutique approach with all the analog stuff like fenders mm -hmm. yeah and the fenders kind of already doing that you know doing the hand wired things and i think you're going to see those kind of take more prominence and the normal bread and butter stuff kind of goes away uh and that like it's going to split even harder between the two oh, yeah industries. so already uh, it's already starting to happen so like milkman the amp is what first came to mind and i have right, i right. have mine sitting around here but it's that's too far away. Uh, but also this, this is from Victory Amps, the Duchess. This is like a, a desktop amp, and it's, you know, a tube hybrid amp. So it's got a tube preamp section and a, uh, a digital power amp section. Right. And you can go DI with it. It's got an effects loop. Um, it's, it's cool. It fits on your desk or on top of a cabinet or whatever, and it's like, you know, it has a direct speaker out, so you could go to a cab. You could mic a cab if you wanted. Like, yeah. Same thing with the Milkman stuff. So yeah, you're going to start to see more of the boutique world getting into this kind of thing. Yeah, and, uh, and again, even with like the the normal non boutique brands, I think those like, I mean, I would not be shocked if in the next five or ten years uh, the Deluxe Reverb reissue just goes away and it's just the hand wired one. Maybe. And then and then the Tone Master is like that's that one, and then you have the night the fancy one, right? And like. Because it does like, seem that there's a little overlap now in their in their product lineup, where you've got like the Tone Master Deluxe, then the normal Deluxe, the DRRI, and then the hand wired. Well, then you got the Silver Face like sixty eight, yeah, which is there's a different four. thing. Yeah, it's like what? How many? Mm. So what would be cool? All right, Fender. Here's some free advice from Dipton Tone. <laughs> we know you're watching. Yeah. And trying to. <laughs> I know some people over yeah. there. I could... we, we know we know you you want to hear what we have to say. Um, I'm just kidding. But if we got hired, Shoyles Consulting got hired by um, Fender. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would say: We'd walk into that boardroom, me and you, and we'd like slam our fists down on the table and be like, "You guys are fucking up." Let me tell you something. You have the Tone Master Deluxe Reverb. And then you do an exact, just part for part rebuild of the 64 Blackface Deluxe. And you can charge whatever you want for it. Just charge three grand for it, whatever. Maybe not three grand, because that's what a real old one's going for. Maybe charge 2,500 bucks for it. But the speaker's right, the cabinet's right, the, the circuit's right, the, the parts and the values are right. It's all right, and you've got the thing. And it says Fender on it. You know, it is the 64 Blackface Deluxe. And then for the rest of the market, you have the Tone Master. I think it makes total sense. Right. So like, then you say that. You're like, I think it makes total sense. And then I point at you and say, see? <laughs> <laughs> and then we just leave. We walk out of the out of the. And they'd be room. like, who the hell were those two? <laughs> Don't you think that's the way it's going to go? I, I mean, don't know, dude. I listen. I play guitar I mean, and make videos on online. Like, what do I know about running a business? Well, I mean, from like like from a pedal standpoint. So you know, we started with the whole UA pedal thing. 
I think the eventually all these like I don't even know how to describe them like the analog men <laughs> of <laughs> of the guitar world like those components are probably going to dry up like all the NOS stuff like uh, inevitably okay. they will it, they have to there are people making new germanium transistors there's people making new germanium diodes there's people making new everything but they're never going to be those old ones, you know. They're never going to sound exactly like them. So I, I think that even the pedal market is going to split even further. I think the stigma with SMT is finally starting to die completely. Surface mount, you mean? Yeah, surface okay. mount. SMT is surface mount technology. Uh, you know, like have that 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 stigma of people like I don't want it surface mount. I think that's going away. Mm-hmm. There's still the definite purists, but I think we're going to see more people kind of diving headfirst into that. Um, but I still think that the people who are going to rule the digital space in the guitar pedal community will still be the big boys, the Strymons. Mm-hmm. The, you know, we don't know if UA is going to kill it yet or not, but I, I suspect they will. You know, like those people, because digital is so hard. It's so hard. Yeah, dude, there's a barrier to entry there that's like way, it like, if what would it take for you to build a delay pedal that competed with the the El Capistan, for example? Oh, I mean, I, I, there's I couldn't do it. Like, period. I would have to hire a designer. Like, I know what parts that they are using, and I know, like, I know how the topology of the circuit kind of works. Mm-hmm. But putting it together, I have no clue. So, you know, just from a monetary standpoint, uh, to develop something just to compete with the LCAP, which is by this point pretty simple, you know. Right. Right. Would take probably $5,000 or more to really develop it and make it right. Mm. Cuz you know, I know how much it's cost me to develop like pretty simple analog stuff. And it wasn't was not cheap. And and like that's no programming, that's no coding. Right. Apart from like a tap tempo code, which is a, you know like pretty standard now, uh, copy paste sort of thing, you know, it, it, it would just take so much. And and even then, for for like let's say I I wanted to do that, a service standpoint, like if it mm, breaks, yep. let's just like replace it. I you know how do you service those things? And I'm yeah. sure that's what Strymon does. Yeah, it's not. Oh, worth I it. have I have done that. Well, no, I had a on my timeline. I was on a gig one time and somebody laid a bunch of ca- cables on top of my pedal board and then they moved my pedal board and they ripped one of the knobs off my timeline, which is <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm so great. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> but they, so I, I sent it off and they repaired it. They replaced the encoder on the board and then just sent me the, the pedal back. Um, so, but I was, I was in the middle of gigging a lot at that time. And so I bought another timeline to replace the one that, I got uh, so because I, I had to, it was all my my only delay pedal so I had to have it and then when I got my old one back I just sold on reverb right I mean like and I did disclose that it was repaired and the whole thing I didn't like try and sell it as new but yeah I mean but like you know repairing those sort of things it's probably cheaper for them just to gut it and put a whole new circuit board inside it I yeah. mean like replacing one knob a rotary encoder that's not that big a deal but but even then. You know, especially if for like small builders, because I know people that try to go digital and do that, and it's like, you know, when it breaks, it's not worth the time it takes someone to repair it. So I think it seems like we're talking about the market will be split in terms of 
builders and companies between like the big guys that can do the digital stuff. It kind of already is this way, right? Strymon yeah. and you now UA and Boss and Eventide and you know, I mean, who else? Like um, Line Six. Well, do they make pedal? Well, I mean, no, they, they do make, the HX effects, but, but that's not yeah, like you know, that's a different thing. And they've been in the game for long. I mean, the DL4 and everything. They were kind of like one of the first people in the game. But then there's smaller builders. I mean, even even big companies like JHS. I don't. I don't know that they would ever go down that route of like. I, I can't imagine a JHS like H9, for example. No, I mean, and and Josh definitely has the the team to develop that, but ultimately it comes down to what is is a reflection of you and your brand because mm-hmm. JHS is Josh. I mean, mm-hmm. apart from it being his, his the initials, like. He's not going to make something that doesn't speak to him as a player. And like, I never really see him touting like big digital pedals, really. I don't know if I've ever seen him use a Strymon pedal. Yeah, they do. He, he uses Does them on he? those, um, on their live streams and stuff oh, okay. on YouTube and everything. But, um, yeah, it's like, so you're going to have the big players doing the digital thing, I think, a lot. Cause I, I don't know that Strymon, well, they do some analog stuff, like the Compadres analog, right? Is it? I think so. I need to look at my board. I think it says analog compression on it. Oh. But UA is never going to go analog. There UA is all Well, actually, shit, I don't know cuz UA makes hardware still. Like they you right. can still buy an uh an LA2A or 1176 from them. Yeah. And I mean, they very well could enter the analog pedal game, but I doubt it. I think like they they would do okay at it, but I just don't see I don't see UA as, as having that sort of like the like you know boutique overdrive. I can't imagine them no. doing very well on that. But I do think it's really really telling of how big the pedal market actually is that a company like UA decided to jump in because they're a big manufacturer and they cover a lot of ground. I mean, they're one of the biggest manufacturers in the pro audio and studio space. And for them to jump into the pedal world, like there, a, a company like that is not going to move and shake and put together all that R and D and develop the products and the supply chain and the distribution logistics and everything to sell like a few thousand units or, even, oh, no. you know, like, to, so to me that says that the pedal market and the guitar market overall is big, is big, big place. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, it's huge. I mean, I, I do think it's really hard for people to come into this now without having something that really stands out mm-hmm. because you you either have to have something so monumental that people just go, what is that? I have to have it like the poly digit or whatever. Right. Like never heard of that. And then it enters and people, cause it's so different. It's right. so out there. Right. Or you have a name or some sort of establishment like, like Matt hoops in the 1981 DRV. Like mm-hmm. if he hadn't been Matt hoops, like would that have exceeded, succeeded the the way that it did? I mean, it's a it's a killer pedal and it's it's beautiful looking, right? Um, but I've seen a lot of really cool looking pedals that mm-hmm. no just one's ever heard of. Yeah, just don't work. So you know, the, entering the pedal market is. I mean, this is a podcast we could we could totally do, and and I could really like lay it all out there for people because <laughs> like. You know, it, it's difficult, but I just think you're right. I think that what we're going to see from the industry as a whole is a divide of where the lines in the middle are going to get blurred from. I think they've already become blurred from you know digital solid state, even low 
entry-level tube amps are going to shift more to the digital way, and then everything else is going to go more of the high-end boutique. And not necessarily super boutique, but uh-huh. more of a, you know, a through-hole traditional uh, method, and that's, that's just going to be a split right, down Right, it's middle. just going to go this way. And I because, think we'll see the same thing in the amp world, too. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I mean, to, everything. Because, yeah. like, why, why does, like, Fender, for instance— why does Fender need to make those uh, the Champion series mm-hmm. and the Mustang series mm-hmm. and the reissue amps and the Tone Masters? They don't. They they. I mean, like I'm sure they all have their niche because they're all at really different price points. Right. But you know that, and that's interesting too from a big company like Fender. And then it'll be interesting to see how Gibson gets into this market. Now, I don't think Gibson's oh. going to go down the digital route because they bought Mesa. Mesa. Yeah. You know, I mean, they do some some sort of like non truly analog stuff, but Mesa's not. Do they? I've... They do like the cab clone and and things like oh. that. You know, like. But my point is that they do more than just like straight ahead like tube guitar amps. I think. Yeah. Um, but I, yes, I don't see Gibson going down that route. I don't think Gibson's user base is into that. I mean, I, th- I see Gibson's user base as being like forty and older you know, kind of market. And I think a lot of those people don't really care. Fender's user base, I think is a little bit younger, you know, they're, they're a little bit, you know, maybe hipper in some ways, but, um, and they've been in the amp game for a long time and they've been building the digital stuff and the, the, you know, student amps and everything for a long, long time. So they've already established that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand why they need to have all the different tiers of, you know, digital stuff and then tube amps and then all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I think that we're, I think we're just going to see a shift, uh, it, and not, not, not overnight, No, but you know, it just goes to like back to what I said about the quality of the entry level thing, uh, and the price of the, you know, those things being way more reasonable and so mm-hmm. much better than they they've ever been. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, 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 the things I hope for, like maybe we could end on this, what, what we hope to see. Is I hope that the Tone Master thing, that there is some sort of cab solution for those who like modelers, mm-hmm. where you can turn off any cabinet, cabinet emulation or whatever on the unit itself, and it sounds as close as you can get to playing that yeah. amp in a room. Yep, That's we're close. I, I mean, there, you know, like we're close. I think the power cab is close. I think the Kemper cone, the Kemper cab, I think is is close. But here's the thing. I want it to look like an old school guitar cab. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't want the big green thing with the Kemper logo on the front and the whole thing. Like I want, and I want a 112, I want a 410 option. I want a, a 212, I want a 412 option. Like they need to look right. They need to sound right. And then, yeah, you can just plug in whatever you want. You got a Kemper, you got a Helix, you got a Quad Cortex, you got a HX Stomp, you got whatever you got going straight into that thing. And it just works. That would be amazing. Dude, like when you were saying that, I had this idea. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be cool if like someone develops that technology as like a power amp that you could then put in like in a cabinet maker, anybody could develop a cab that <clears throat> you put this power amp in your cabinetry and you could have anything, you could have any shape, any style, any Tolex, any mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. That would be wicked. There is some stuff out there. Um, and, and they're like kind of in the, you know, people that are like really into the Kemper, for example, before the powered Kemper came out, like the only option you had to drive a cabinet 
was to get like a rack mount power unit. And there's a few of those that are out there now that are like supposedly really highly sought after for amp like power amp response, right? Mm. Um, yeah, but, but what you're saying is like, I don't want to have to have like a rack mount unit on top of my cabinet and the whole thing, like something that integrates into that thing. Like like you could have like your, your quad cortex on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. But your cabinet in the back just looks like an old Supro cab or, or you know, like not necessarily a 4 by 12 but something that looks more like a guitar amp. Or what if you could just buy the power amp module and the speaker and put it in whatever cab you want. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. That like yeah. if if Line 6 made like a package that amp or cab builders could buy and you just install it into whatever, you know. Dude, screw Line 6. Let's do a Shoyles a Shoyles power amp <laughs> speaker <laughs> combo. Get your Shoyles tone here. Get it. And here what first. you could do like what would be really cool is like you have it in the cabinet, right? And so there's not going to be any user interface with it because it's, you know, so you'd have to you'd have to have power run to it, right? So you have to yeah. modify your cab a little bit. You'd have to mount yeah. the power unit. You'd have to run power to it, but and then you could have it have like a little Wi-Fi or Bluetooth module in it with an app that lets you control the different speakers. I'm serious, like have Easy. all the functionality that you have in like the cap direct. Two Notes needs to do this. I think it, this is like a Two Notes thing. I think, yeah, um, where you can retrofit any cab with a Two Notes like speaker emulation thing. That'd be pretty wicked. Yeah. Whoever's listening, you can have that one. I know the two notes guys. I'm going to call them up and be like, hey. Yeah. Call Derek. I got a, I got an idea for you guys. You're going to love it. Um, it's funny, too, because the chat seems really split on the UA pedals, too. People are like, I'm not interested in those. I don't care about those. And some, some people are really into them. I'm not uh, going to buy one. I'm not. I don't care to play one. I do. Now, because I'm, they're a sponsor of my stuff, I don't know if I'll end up buying one or if they'll show up. I don't yeah. know yet. They didn't even tell me that they were happening. So I found out when everyone else found out. Yeah. Um, but I am really excited to check them out because I know how good those plugins sound. And if I could have those on a pedal board situation, I'd be into I, it. Dude, I get it. I get it. Like I am, I think they sound great. Like I watched uh, Andy's demo and it sound, they sounded great, but it's just like, for me, when something new comes out, I just think, do I need this? Like, does this cover a ground I'm not already covering? And for me, it's like, no, I don't, you know. It's oh, I don't need it either. You see all the shit yeah. that I have around here? I like, know. And see, that's the thing. I need <laughs> I need to cut back, seriously. Yeah. yeah, I know. But speaking of all the shit you have, you want to do your shill of the week? Do you, did you pick one out? I completely forgot. Do you have one? You can go I first. I do. Well, I need you to watch. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> I need you to watch. <laughs> so my show of the week is a promise fulfilled. There is your king of tone. <gasps> oh. <laughs> your yes. king of tone. Uh, so I built it in this Gorva. It's like a, let's see if I can show this. It's hard oh to Oh my see. God, I'm so excited. It's like a pillow top. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, and it's like a weird iridescent sparkle paint. But the only thing is I put it all together. This was a, I drilled this myself. I know. I hate doing that. I put it all together and the LEDs are wired in backwards. I don't care. I don't care. The LEDs don't turn on. Oh, I don't care. So I'm going to fix it. But but 
because the the person who designed this this circuit board is from pedal pedalpcb.com so that could be my shill if you want to clone pedalpcb.com yeah pedalpcb um i think their their pads for their leds are backwards to what most people use where square <laughs> is positive and i just put it in i'm like this thing is working and then i plugged it up and was playing it and i was like oh no it works but the leds don't work so now i have to take the whole damn thing apart that's going to be the re- dude screw everyone else's king of tones that are going for 500 bucks on on reverb we this is the ra- this is the one to have this is the rarest king oh, of tone God, of them please, all please no one asked me to make it it's there's that took one me. of one it's in the special enclosure with the backwards L- leds like <laughs> the gear page is going to go ape shit over this well someone in on that video where we talked about the king of tone gave me a lot of shit for saying just clone buy a clone and what I was saying was, don't spend five hundred dollars on one. Get on a wait list, mm-hmm. buy a clone, and the the meanwhile, and then if decide if you like it, right? And then if you do, just get it for like two hundred fifty or three hundred bucks, yeah. whatever they wait, cost. Wait the thing, get the real one. And uh, like that's what I was meaning. And 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 furthermore, the King of Tone is a clone <laughs> of a Bluesbreaker. <laughs> so and this one's kind of different. One thing that's cool about this is it actually has like a charge pump, so it runs at 18 volts. Uh-huh. Charge uh, every, pump. Charge pump. But everything charge else pump. is the same. So it's named it's my a, uh, early 2000s um, uh, new metal band, cover band, ugh. Charge Pump. <laughs> Your first album was like, get serviced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, 18 volts, higher headroom. That's it. It's a higher headroom uh, album. It's a high gain, it's got the high gain, low gain mod, so you're you're set. Here's the thing about the pedal market that just is baffles me, right? About the online well, here's about the online community around pedals, specifically the Mm. forum community. It is the double standard of all double standards. Like some people like you can get uh like Josh JHS has taken heat from forums in the past for like cloning stuff, but then everybody you know, loses their minds over the King of Tone, which is a modified blues breaker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's got like one added resistor and like a couple other things tacked onto it. But for all intents and purposes, it's the same circuit. Yeah. I mean, even the, the light speed, the Greer light speed, which is like my favorite overdrive of all time. That's like a blues breaker, isn't it? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, uh, then forget what I just said. Then It's a different thing. It's funny. Like the light speed for so long was this mystery. Because Ooh. Nick Nick gooped it, and um, like it it uh, it finally got traced, and I was like, "That's what I thought it was." When I finally <laughs> saw the schematic, but I think see the light speed to me is so much better than the blues breaker. I feel like you're gonna get this and be like that <laughs> about about the king of tone clone. Yeah, uh, I mean, you. I don't think you'll be that, but I don't think you're. I think you're gonna go. Oh, that's what it does. <laughs> King of Clone. Well, no, what I'm going to try and do is just talk about how great it is so I can drive up the price and then I'll sell it. Yeah. You know what I thought? Okay. <laughs> this can be the I'm last thing. I'm just kidding, by the way. If anybody's watching this and they take that seriously, I that thought was a I had joke. this jo- I had this idea. <laughs> because Josh put his clone up for f- half a mil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. I want to put mine on there for a quarter mil. <laughs> you should. Just- and in the in the title say cheaper than JHS's. <laughs> oh man, start some beef. So, I beef think he, 
I think he would share it because he would find it yeah, funny. Yeah, he would. I think he would find that funny. Anyway. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it on like a different color piece of construction paper because uh, his is on pink or whatever and take it on like a green one and like cheaper than the, the second one. Um, all right. My show of the week's another microphone and it's this microphone. Wait. That one. Okay, so I used this microphone last week out of... Um, necessity because i was using my cloud lifter on something else and then i got a text from our editor milton like the next day he was like man that new mic sounded really really good on your voice and mm-hmm. i listened to the episode and i was like actually yeah i like that better on my voice than the sm7 so this is a roswell audio uh mini k 47 or this is the 87 sorry the mini k 87 so this is essentially like a miniaturized budget-friendly clone of the Neumann U87, which is one of the most famous condenser mics of all time. Um, solid state, not tube. Uh, it's a FET mic, not not tube-driven, but it sounds fantastic. Um, I bought it. I did get an artist price on it, but I bought it several months ago. I got it and its its cousin. They make another one called the K47, which is like a U47 clone. Um, and uh, they're fantastic, man. If you're looking for a good like condenser mic that's pretty budget-friendly, small easy to to use and place around and you don't want to buy a neumann because they're crazy expensive uh the roswell audio stuff is really good so how, how much are they i think only 500 bucks oh, okay let's see i i paid like 350 i think for this one so don't, for the say, don't say that <laughs> oh sorry well I, what what am i like i said i got an artist price for it yeah well, i guess but then you you're giving away the discount um see I, I would spend more money on more mics but I, this is the only thing i use a microphone for so 399 at vintage king so it's 400 so i must have oh, paid, okay what did i pay for this thing <laughs> you paid full retail they're like we're giving you the artist <laughs> price <laughs> i was like oh cool no i bought Retch it like uh, <laughs> i bought it like uh so here's how it works i got got is really what happened roswell like a year and a half ago Maybe it was even two years ago. They're like, "Hey, can we send you some mics to check out?" I was like, "Sure, I love. I'm I have, I have a, I'm a nerd for microphones. I love microphones. It's like, yeah, I'd love to check them out." And it was on like a uh, they call it like an evaluation loan. And um, I was using them around on the YouTube channels, recording some guitars and stuff with them. And then I was using them on my podcast last season. And then they did the thing. They let me have it for like a year, a year and a half. And uh, <laughs> then they're like, "Hey." Just want to check in on those mics and let you know that you know if you if you want to buy them you can buy them at this artist price or if not we need them back so we need to send them to the next person and i was like what <laughs> i don't want to send them back like i've been using them and then so i got i got had uh i got, I got, got my spit on them i can't send them back now yeah, i can't spend this send this back um <laughs> i'm still sad you don't use the sm7b anymore uh, the sm7 will, will come back um but yeah show of the week roswell audio. check them out Boom. they're good i like them yeah. Well. All right. Well. I hope uh, I hope people find this one interesting because the last one there was at yeah. least one comment that was yeah. like this one wasn't very good. We failed the vibe check on the last episode. Normally these episodes have a lot of vibe, but this one was tough to get through. Listen, Brr. they can't all be winners. Okay, oh. we we can't always deliver quality e- content to you guys. Even the great strikeout. It's the bad episodes that make the good episodes that much better. Yeah, and. I- I don't. I th- I really liked the last. Episode. I did too. I thought we. I thought we had a good time, but that one guy was like, "This was tough to get through." 
Well, if you have an idea for an episode or a topic, uh, please email it to us because uh, apparently we're in desperate need. Yeah. <laughs> apparently we're, we're only 23 episodes in and we're already losing it. Man, I, I, I just, I hope we don't fizzle out. I hope we're not like, you know, um, it's episode 30 and I just don't have it in me to do this yeah, anymore. It was just a short run. It was good while it lasted. But look, internet comments, man, just they are what they are. Yep. People think we're pretentious. They think we're stuck up. They think we're boring. They, But you know what? I have a good time on the show. That's right. And the people here hanging out have a good time on the show. So we appreciate y'all. Nothing but love. Nothing but love. All right. See y'all next week on uh, Dipped in Tone 24. And I promise I'm going to remember that that's episode 24 next week. Eh. I, last episode, I put the wrong episode number in the actual video. Is it... <laughs> Because we said it was 21 in the beginning of the video and it was 22. And so on the, the start of the video, I'm like, oh, it's 21. Oh, my An God. Idiot. So That's kind of quality content we, you can expect from. We can only do so much. We can only so. do so All much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>